Come on. Run, Froggy. Run, Froggy. Okay. Oh, it's not run. <laughs> All right. Are we live? Let's go. The link. Let's share that link. It's a rough rose. Please get smoked. You come with the real or you end up chokes. Rough rose. Rough rose. Yeah. It's a rough rose. When we poke in a beer, we ride the bull. Burn it in a cheese to hold. A little cheese. Wait. There we go. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. I'm just sharing this link. OG, you want to kick it off? Yo, welcome, everybody. We're super hyped this week. Um, As you know, we've been having guests on the show each week uh, to help us interview projects. Uh, We were going to have Locks join this week, and both Farouk and Locks decided it would be a great opportunity for us to dig into uh, Rug Radio, obviously the leading Web3 platform. Um, I'm going to be open with my bias. I met Farouk uh, last year early and Loxley uh, in Paris this year. And since then, going to be honest, we've become really close. And so I'll do my best to be objective. But, you know, um, like many, you know, Farouk, uh, when I first had heard of him last year, is obviously a big name in the space. And at the time was more controversial. And I'll say I'm going in with a bias that, both these dudes are wonderful people, and I know uh, personally from spending a lot of time with them that uh, we all make mistakes. I've made many, and I just think you'll see today how committed and focused these two are. So with that, what we're going to do is um, first, let's start with the basics. Farouk, why don't you tell us a little bit? Farouk's riding the Pepe, so he's fucking excited. So I get it. It's also Sanka de Mayo. Uh, you can, if you're online, you can see Burn Dog's amazing fucking lid. And yeah, I got the sombrero. Drinking Logsley has some sick tequila. Uh, I have to. I need, a, I need a Corona or something. Hold on, let me go get a beer. Yeah, get yeah, a beer. So I am, I am casting today. My internet went out, so I'm casting for my brother's house. Uh, and I have my lovely lady is about to deliver some Pacifico for me to celebrate. So. Super excited. I think this is a wonderful opportunity. We're going to take the approach of starting with the basics. So, you know, as I like to do of what's happening. So, um, Logs and Farouk are both grabbing beers. Oh. Yeah, come in. Okay, come in. Guys, it's just me. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Okay, hold on. I got this cup from Cozumel. I guess did Binance just pick picked up Pepe, and a lot of our um, I stupidly do not own Pepe. I own some other shit coins, but uh, a lot of our friends and broke here own a fair amount of Pepe. So Pepe, I think just got listed on Binance. Is that right? Yeah, dude, I sold my Pepe at one. We'll just call it one because I don't know what that many zeros is. But, uh, dude, I still made like a cheers X on it, but I sold it. But okay, let's dig in. Um, we can get for next Loxley. Yo. Um, if you, you know, um, fewer people may be as aware of your history and role. What I'd love to do is why don't you give us just a brief overview of what you did before NFTs? 
then quickly how you got into NFTs and how you got into your current position as co-CEO of Rob. Yeah. So super quickly, um, I started my career in um, fintech um, as, a, as an entrepreneur and a founder out of university. Well, while in university, I uh, founded a small fintech company um, that we went on to, uh, to build um, and then exit and um, kind of gave me a little bit of a platform to start focusing on my true passion, which was, uh, was VC um, and really just... Um, building businesses, funding businesses, and doing a little bit of the, uh, the distressed asset game. What I really focused on for a bunch of years was, um, was building cash flow positive, fundamentally sound businesses, uh, doing some turnarounds on distressed assets and really focusing on um, none of the speculative like unicorn stuff, uh, really focusing on the, the, the wealth preservation side and just um, incremental growth. And so um, I did that for, uh, for a number of years. Um, 2017, I had a friend who I had bought Bitcoin with in 2013 who convinced me to get into uh, mining, Ethereum mining. So we funded a small GPU mining farm. And that was kind of like the first, the first steps and legs where I truly started to understand. Um, what year was that? 2000, late 2017. Okay. Uh, so started st started stacking ETH and Bitcoin, then ended up becoming a bit of an ETH maxi. Um, converted almost everything that I had into ETH, and then ERC twenties through altcoin season. Did you know? Did uh, did did um, DeFi uh, summer and all that stuff. Um, I was slow to adopt the JPEGs and NFTs. Um, had listened to Frog and the rest of the rest of the gang on Clubhouse. How were you first interested? Yeah, how were you do first find Frog? Um, clubhouse, man. So we were sitting during the pandemic, we were sitting, uh, my wife and I had bought a cannabis farm in Northern California and we moved out there during the pandemic or early pandemic, like March, 2020. Um, and we would listen to clubhouse on our, like when that launched, listen to it. Um, we'd be sitting on the farm overlooking our crop and we'd listen to all these clubhouse spaces. <laughs> Super cool. Um, our boys, we have, we have young boys. And so we built a playground out there on the farm and they'd be playing and the dog would be running around and we'd just be listening to a podcast and clubhouse, um, found these, found these guys. And then, um, what happened was obviously like, you know, we listened to all the, all the ape shit happened and I just didn't, um, I didn't quite understand it because I was still mm -hmm. taking myself very like too seriously with, with DeFi because I have a, you know, finance background and I just, I just didn't quite, didn't quite understand it. Um, then like October, 2021, November, um, my wife's like, Hey, you know, Farouk and those guys are doing this thing called rug radio. And I was like, I was like, eh, and I kind of like faded a little bit. Then I started to listen and I heard them talk about tokenomics. And I heard them talk about the potential of building a real business that was, um, more than just JPEGs and like IP. And I was like, and of course it clicked with me, right? It's like, oh, fuck, this is an opportunity for one of these NFT projects to truly become fundamentally sound, to actually have operational revenue, to actually build a business around this. And I was like, I can, in I can invest in that. Um, and it was truly the, the, the first time in NFTs that I looked at myself not as a consumer. This probably isn't safe to say. I looked at myself not as a consumer and more as an investor in this ecosystem because yeah. I really thought that this ecosystem could provide some kind of value. And it wasn't just buying pictures and hoping that you know it would get me into a in, onto a yacht or into a club with steph curry or something so did you buy rug did you buy our dad what did you buy we started sweeping up member passes we started before before they you yeah, know as, was as they were it was before the mint like yep. it was a pre-mint 
It was talent. Okay. And then did, and, and did you meet Farouk in that process? Um, so I became part of the community. You know, we had very casual, like back and forth a little bit in the Discord and all of that um, between him and some of the other team members. Um, I didn't meet Farouk until after the Mint. Um, so we met in person for the first time uh, at South by Southwest, uh, which was about two months after Rug had minted. Um, but there was a period of time during like trying the trying to establish the the voting process for the Dow Council. Um, I was also a Dow Maxi. I've been a Dow Maxi for a long time. Um, it's an uphill battle that we're fighting with Dow's, but it just was one of those. We'll talk things. about that today. Oh, for sure. And 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 I and I knew there was going to be a lot of friction for a long time, but I really believe long term in in the potential of this new governance structure. So, um, so Mel, yeah, Mel and had asked for help. They, they they needed some help establishing this process, and um, I put my I put my team uh, from my uh, from my firm on it, and uh, we started providing help and. And Mel said, hey, like, how much do you guys want to get paid? And I wasn't interested in getting paid. Like I said, like, I just want to create value because I believe in this. And from there, the conversation started to get a little bit more organic. Um, I was a nobody. And, and you know, Froke was grateful, apparently, for, you know, the, the contributions that, that we had made. And so uh, there was multiple stages and spaces where he uh, where he shouted out, you know, Loxley and his crew who, you know, thank you for helping uh, do some stuff. So and somehow, yeah, somehow or another I ended up on the on the Dow Council. And then um, there's a there's a whole new story that progresses. It's extremely organic progression through. So when did you take the role as co-CEO? Officially like January 1st of okay. this year. So just like five months ago. Yo, can and I tell a Loxley story quick? Yeah. All right. So I, like, I've been in the council or I was in the council originally um, in the Dow the whole time. Um, but I would see Loxley like posting stuff and explaining it um in the council chat and i was just like holy fuck this dude's smart like i've known you for a long time um but i was like like damn like this dude's good um that's my story continue thank you you're generous story what a fucking story Incredible. you guys want me to do some more for, no um Farouk, so what I'd love to is quickly the same. Um, obviously, you're well known in the space, but I always think it's a great chance when we have guests on to kind of go back to the basics. So why don't you tell us a little bit about pre-NFTs, kind of your background, how you were drawn into NFTs, and how you ended up both in the position you're in now and as CEO of starting and, and being CEO of uh, Rug Radio. Wow, it's it, it's long. I mean, it goes back like... One it has a crib sheet. Elevator pitch, four, three, three to four minute person. <laughs> no, no, I love that. It goes, it goes way, way back in a city called Paris in February seventh, nineteen ninety four, where I was born. Okay, <laughs> is like, hey, yo, yeah, I was born in a city. Uh, no, but it's um, but you know, it goes all the way back to like how like I got onto social media early, and I was always like hooked onto it when I was. How like, did you first get on social media? It was honestly like my first experience with social media was when I turned 12 years old. It was like Facebook when it first came out. And then just seeing how it developed through like the like they started the wall or like the DM and like the fucking stuff. And then the memes started being created for the first time. The troll face, the original one. Remember like the whole like the little kid with the fist like that? You would write like bottom, top text, bottom text type memes. Like that was the original stuff. So during those days and then like obviously Tumblr, like that Tumblr era was like that Tumblr era built some of the like craziest like memers in this even to this day like in a lot of people like have like this tumblr like background in the space mm -hmm. which i love and then like x copy actually is one of them 
because Copy started off like posting his work on Tumblr. Oh, that, I was that. oh like more than 10 years ago. X Copy was on Tumblr, probably like same era as, as me, but I didn't know of him. I never crossed paths. But like it, he started, he still has his Tumblr. Uh, and you can check it out, and he still uses it. But that's where he used to post his work originally, like way, 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 way back. But anyways, up onto Instagram for like eight years, like built a business out of that, like boutique agency, you know, branding, marketing, communication strategies, and all that shit uh, for a bunch of brands uh, where I built my personal brand as well. Then COVID hits, Clubhouse. How many followers did you have on Instagram at that point? I built a network of 10 million followers in 24 months in uh, between November 2014. Yeah, 10 million. And we were doing, so it was about, it was 10 to 15 million followers specifically with regards to like the luxury niche and then multiple other niche, niches. And then like uh, the global reach though was like in the hundreds of millions because like we would, I would partner with a bunch of different people on their assets and, their, and then like sell advertising on their IP without necessarily owning the page, right? Like I was just the one like kind of like getting, 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 putting money in a lot of people's pockets to be honest. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so, so it's, uh, so it was like, think, just cause it's, I think it's important to see why you've been so successful. What is it that you think allowed you or what is it that you did different or what collection of things? Cause it's never one thing. Like I drank orange juice, you know, what are yeah. the things you think that allowed you to differentiate in such a material way? Um, it's just, I guess like the, the consistency and the relentlessness, like my homie, like he's part of that old game I was in, like IG, like, you know, agency yeah. work. And stuff. And he's like, he calls me the most consistent man in business. So he always called me for like eight years. Like I'm, I'm consistent as fuck. Like, you know, like, and Locks knows, I mean, you guys know, you guys are tight. I mean, yeah, Bernie yeah, yeah. is part of the team. Like, it's just like, we, I, I just go, I just yeah. go nowhere. I'm like, I come up here. I'm not home. I bring my roadcaster, everything I've been on since nine in the morning from creator yeah. calls, to shows to meetings, to more business, to like, you know, doing my thing. And it's just like, it's just like that. And it's just that, that I think differentiates uh, me from a lot yeah, because I mean, a lot of people come and go, but not very often. Like people actually stay, stay. It's got to be too more than that a little bit, bud, because a lot of people show up every day in this game. Um, so what else is it? Cause I do think you have a unique personality or, way of interacting what when you look at how you're able to open these doors is there anything else you can share that you think uh has allowed you because no doubt consistency is critical but i think you there's some there's more you do can i get all these people maybe locks can answer that for me because yeah. i don't like i can see yeah locks hit me <laughs> legitimately this is one of the things and i and i tell this i told keith grossman this last week um, if I had to go back for the past 10 years and determine how much money I've spent on marketing, it's in the, it's in the millions, right? Um, Farouk sees things and understands things in a way, um, on a cultural level that most people, that most people don't. So let's talk really quickly, not about Pepe coin, right? But like about Pepe and this Matt Fury thing. Um, I don't know if people realize like, there's the, the, the power of mimetic culture and, and um, you know, mimetic desire, of course, yeah, is crazy. Baroque understands it innately. And because of that, like he, this sounds like I'm just dick writing. Um, but because of that, he's, he's massively visionary because he understands the underlying causes of why people do the things that they do. I think, I think you just hit the nail on the head and I appreciate that because it's sometimes really hard for myself to like see it because I, like, it's just like, I'm not faking. I'm just like, I genuinely don't, sometimes I'm just like, I just like go because I'm used to waking up doing the same thing every day. It's like more yeah. like if it, if they say it's 21 days to build a habit, I'm 10 years in. Actually, I'm 12 years in. So right. uh, I'm two and a half years into web three and like 10 years in web, web two, like literally 10 years, 2011 okay. to 20. And like, 
and like the thing is i guess what what that that superpower was like i'm really good at like uh like those memes of production that people are trying to seize we're good at creating them and catching them and distributing them and being yeah. part of them and so i'm being able to be this propeller culture but like it's hard to do right like there's only so like i look up to someone like god rest his soul virgil i looked up to now it's you can't say that because I don't look up to the new yay, but like you used to look up to the old yay with yeah, like, yeah, yeah. energy, the Pharrell Williams of this world. Like, like yeah. this, this is my superheroes, you know, Nico, like Jeff Staple, like those people are like, uh, are like you know, that those like culture makers. So it's just like, I just like, I was always good at determining and like, seeing, like, seeing the meme and then partaking like from Facebook. Like when I was like 14, uh, 15 years old, I made a meme page for my school called Say MF Memes. Was, like college, my, like are my French, my school's name memes. Remember, like, every school, every high school had their meme page? I was the anonymous behind my school's meme page. Out of 800 students, the page had 800 followers. And I was anonymous until the end because I would have gotten kicked out of school if they knew I was me behind the meme page. Got it. And then okay. – but, but it was always things like that, like little things. Like COVID, like when COVID hit, uh, March 13th, March 13th, 2020, I was in Miami at Soho Beach Club. I was told that I had to go back to Canada. I'd be stuck in the United States. And it was like euphoria. People were scared. Like no more toilet paper up in this shit. Like there's nothing going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to go back to Canada. But like in the meantime, because we were bored with my friend, we started a meme page called Quarantine 2020, which was the first meme page for on COVID. And it was like 200,000 followers in 13 days. And I just abandoned it because it was just like for fun, like a project. So it's like just seeing those things. Like NFTs, like unlike like some friends of mine that went slow at it and on February 18th, 2021, when I learned about it, I just go in on Lynn. Like I... I, I, I just nothing else I wanted to do in my life. I still don't do anything else but that. Like, I don't, I'm not interested. Okay. I, I feel you on that. I'm full time here too. So, <laughs> Rug Radio, where was, what's the genesis of the idea and a quick brief history of how you started it? I know from the beginning, and um, we've touched on it, there's been a few sort of key transition points. I think the loss of maybe the tech team and some other things. What I'd love is from your perspective, Farouk. The, the, the When you actually started it, the original intent and a very short summary of sort of the big successes and the big kind of failures or challenges to date. Yeah. Damn, it's, I, I'm about to, we're about to slowly get to the roast. I'm excited. I'm really yeah. waiting for the roast, you know? You wanna, you, well, we can accelerate. We're almost there. We got 40 to, 41 minutes at I'm least, gonna, so we I'm got time, Stella, bro. I'm not the Stella on the street. And, bro. And we won't roast you. I'm just going to ask you some questions about – to get your real answer, but we gotta, we gotta warm you up a little bit. I like it. I'm hot, bro. Special in data today, bro. I'm, I'm yeah. going crazy. Anyways, um, you know, Rug Radio started off the idea of like of a Twitter space, right? We were on Twitter Spaces September uh, 2021. It was like 10 hour long space because I used to do this too. Like I would go on for 10, 12, 14 hours. That I didn't care. I would just go, 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 and like <laughs> it was like thousands of people. Once I did 36 hours on Clubhouse, by the way, and like it was a go- it was crazy. And then like what happened is that like someone in the someone in the space. As we were hosting, we kept getting rugged. Like the tech would like remember, like the tech would like crash. Like tour spaces just end, and your phone would turn purple and overheat. And some people with ice bags on their iPhones. It was really bad. But I would keep coming back, and I would call the space rugged and back, rugged and back, rugged and back. And I was like, wait, this like radio. I had already like grown in live social audio for a year at this stage. December 20, 2020 is when I started live social audio. I had already been doing it for ten months. So at this stage, I already hosted like what three, four hundred shows. So I'm aware it's a new radio, new wave. It's like the, the, the greatest, single greatest thing to have ever come out of social media is live social audio. Bro. It's actually incredible. And so and so it was just like I had that. And then someone in the Discord in the House of Farouk, that's what the Discord was called, that started 10 days before for my birthday, uh, had written like, oh, it sucks. I have to go to bed and not listen to this because we were really like in a deep conversation. There was thousands of people. It was really like one of those like big combos, like Saturday night, peak bull market, 
were talking about like what the blockchain tech can. It was one of those very educational ones. But anyways, like the guy said, like, go. I'm like, wait, like, why can't we find a way for participants to get rewarded for listening? Like the thousand of people down there for educating themselves on this beautiful technology that is life changing, that is going to change everything. Is at the cutting edge of technology and just like at the forefront of everything doing, like art, media, tech, like whatever you name it. It's their fashion, gaming, and so. Because anyways, and then I was like, who wants to help me build this decentralized media ecosystem? Like, I just shot the shit. And then a lot of people raised their hands. You know, that's when we got, like, first mail, that matter for the tokenomic structure and this and that. Then we got into work and we built this event, like, four or five-person team. We took two months. Then we launched a membership mm -hmm. pass. A month later, we dropped the the, 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 the mint, like, the mint where we sold 19,000 NFTs for 0.11 ETH, which was um, – crazy like sold out immediately and then yeah, so those were that's the rug radio the, yeah, the genesis NFT. nft genesis yeah. nfts yeah so and that's on large had you had rug or rdao at that point or no? no and then two weeks later rdao and then fucking right away get into rdao token a uh, rug token and then after this rug dao and then we launched the dao within three months and within six months it was up and running with the council then within 12 months which was december 28th this last month was this last uh, December, which were officially came in foundation, uh, thanks to the help of everything Loxy's been doing with the help of Mike and, and everyone that's, you know, they hooked us up with the right people to make that happen. And so, so yeah, man, so that's the stuff. But like in terms of big things, I mean, we've grown from like just me, a single individual creator with a crazy idea on stage, like 70 creators, 40, 40 plus shows. I mean, different continents, different languages, Rug Reader China's 30,000 members. Uh, that's what people don't like get how big that is. I mean, shout out to Daniel. Yeah. We have Rug Radio France. It's three shows, AI, brand shows, and Contour Web 3, which I co-host as well, with yeah. Nicolas and Guillaume. Um, and we're working with, and, you know, like the brands that we've managed to host, whether it's the big Web 2 brands, whether it's like us, like Dot Swoosh, like Nike, breaking their like media silence on our stage. Like it was me that hosted the stage with them, right? Like, and it was yeah. crazy. It was an honor. It's the biggest wow. honor of my life. Honestly, yeah, I mean right. that from the bottom of my heart. I'm grateful forever for the people who made it happen. Like Nike to Adidas last week to Hennessy CEO to, and then to be able to also the OGs like Hayden Adams, Joe Lubin, like getting the support of someone like Joe, like that's telling you that like you're doing a good job and to keep going, like things like that. Like to yeah. me, like, I was like shaking when, when Loxy pulled up with Joe Lubin at Soho Grand fucking New York City two weeks ago, I got there, I started shaking. I was yeah. like, what? And for those that don't know who Joe Lubin is, he like, Built Ethereum with with Vitalik. But, yeah, exactly. Built that shit. Like he's he a was, founder of Consensus, yeah. Consensus Software and Mesh, and they own MetaMask. But if you're in the MetaMask, but point being, like, it's just like from both sides. So that's really been the accomplishments, and then like being able to build a team that's and really so solid. Stop for a minute. The original mission when you started, or if if you ask yourself right now, what is it that? Why does Rug Radio exist? What's the mission of it? What's what's success? What if? How do you measure if you're being successful? as a company or as a leader at Rug Radio? I mean, the goal of Rug Radio is to decentralize media and to give the narrative back to people. So at, what when, does decentralized media actually mean? I, I'm going to tell you right now. So basically, Rug Radio, we launched it and we promised this uh, progressive decentralization because we don't – decentralization and that word is not a gimmick at Rug Radio. It's not a word, a buzzword. We, we're actually – that's our pet peeve. So we're, our goal is to fully decentralize Rug Radio within five years. We're about what? A year and a half in? You guys have been part of it, right? Like what, 15 months in? And so it's been getting more and more decentralized, which the idea of Rug Radio – which was my idea at the beginning, OG, is I wanted to build something bigger than Farouk. 
like I was always scared, even though I'm very young, it sounds funny, but like I was scared to plateau and I was like 26, like a year ago, two years ago. I was like, I'm scared that one day I'm going to plateau and not being able to have something bigger than me. So it's like, I need to leave something bigger than Farouk in this space. Like this is big and we need to build multiple Farouks or people different than Farouk that are able to build something, inspire others, and then build this network effect. Because that's my goal. My goal is really to impact a billion people, and make a billion dollars. I've had this goal written down since I'm 14 years old. And, 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 and I, I'm not ashamed of saying that. Like, I, I don't talk about it a lot because I don't like people saying, oh, but that, that's been my goal since I'm 14 when I started my Tumblr. And I said, no matter what, I'm going to get there through these mediums. And so, and so now for curiosity, why did a billion and a billion come in your head? Do you remember? Just did big baby. Fuck When I was a kid, I wanted to be a politician. Then I wanted to become an attorney. Then I wanted to become like, I just like, I just always love this stuff, you know? And I wanted to inspire people. And, the, and the, the internet allowed me to bring people into communities, but Web3 allowed me to reward them and to be able through the network effect to actually give back in a way that's more significant than a fucking follow back on Instagram. You feel me? And, yeah. so, and so the goal of Rogue Radio is like within five years, we're decentralized where Farouk slowly starts you know, fading out, but that doesn't mean he's away. I'm still creator 001. I will always be the host of Gem Web 3 or whatever the iterations of it will be within the next few years on Rug Radio. I will always be there as the founder and core contributor and team member. But that's why, like, I decided, like, right away when we were throwing the idea of having a co-CEO, like, I wasn't all like, yo, fuck this shit. I was like, actually, let's go. You know, like, let's do this because it's not about me. Like, Rug Radio is Rug Radio. Baroque is Baroque. Right, I'm the founder. I'm the one of the biggest voices out there. But now we have Mando and Ovi has voices. You have Keyboard Monkey and then Michaela, and you have these Trigger and Sobi on the night show, and you have all the smaller creators. You have you have like the Janies, you have the Bernies and Ben, and you know like you have all these people, right? Like that 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 are Rug Radio now. So it's really starting to work. So that's success for Rug Radio is really just that. Like, Logs, did you have something you wanted to add, brother? Yeah. Look, there's um. For years, I've been of I've been of like the firm opinion that unless you as a founder or a CEO can make yourself obsolete, you don't own a business, you own a job. And what we're trying to do at Rug Radio, what Farouk's trying to do is go from a project to he created a job for himself. Now we're building a business and there's something that transcends the business. And that truly is a paradigm shift in a movement. And aside from what we're trying to do, that's why you'll see at Rug Radio, one of the things that we always do, it doesn't matter if our outputs um, trickle down into the rest of the ecosystem outside of just Rug Radio. We want everybody to be able to benefit and learn from what we're doing. I, I'm not going to say it's like it's like Elon Musk uh, open sourcing all of the Tesla designs, but it's very similar. Like, I mean, copy. we're doing that. No, are we building copy. Yeah. Like, but for media, like everybody can see our financials inside out. This Rug Radio is a freaking skeleton. Just people don't look like. Our week has everything. So we are doing that. Well, we're going to dig into this. I did look oh, at yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> in the news, Don't worry about that, baby. We're getting yeah. there. Good thing I got Co up in here today, honestly. <laughs> Good thing I got Co here today, you know? Yeah, if yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I <laughs> okay, so big goals and big dreams. And um, that's exciting. But along with that comes big challenges. Um, we did talk about the financials and we can't dig into those. So before we do though, one thing that strikes me is, and I've gotten, I've talked to many people in the ecosystem and I can see arguments both ways, but you have two different tokens and 20,000 NFTs. Tell me about how you manage the difference between the tokens and 
you have 20,000 NFTs. That's a lot. How do you think about the benefits and the costs of being in this with, with this? 60,000. What? Right? Yeah. So we actually have 60,000 NFTs in the eco. Uh, between the membership has 20k, rugby right. tennis NFT 20k, and then the oh. face of Web3 is 20k. Uh, and then oh, I didn't think about face of Web3, I forgot that. Too. Yeah, so, so, and and we have two ERC7, so, so ERC, so we have three ERC721Ms, and we have two ERC20s, which are our yeah. and Orelk. And and you know what, as a matter of fact, until most recently, hell yeah, this was way too complicated of a model, <laughs> and we're very well aware. But yeah, however, sure. the bigger rug video gets. And the more revenue is starting to flow through the DAO and the bigger the network is building through these creators to these core team members, to the network participants, the more that dual token, everything we're doing is starting to make sense. Why? Wow. Because look at ENS, ApeCoin, and Optimism or every other governance token that was airdropped to you, right? Everybody only cared about having it. I love making 10K off ENS and like yeah, over 100K yeah. on the market, right? That's all I cared about. Do you care about voting on the ENS DAO or the ApeCoin DAO? Have you ever done it? No, okay, cool. So if have you ever swapped rug for rug DAO? Any of you two? No. Okay, so Bernie has. Bernie, uh, by swapping, because you were invested by swapping in a token and you can't swap back for now, were you like emotionally invested to vote? Like, did you vote? Like, don't don't answer as like someone works at Rogue. Did you want to vote because you had this token? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to get as much as possible too. So once I did it the first time, yeah, I'm 100 percent invested, and, and it makes you care more, right? It yeah. makes you contribute, so, get in there, and and talk with the. Here's the DAO vote on. So what here's, why, here's why there's a dual token. Uh, OG is because there's int it's intentional governance because once you swap 1800 rug that you've yielded for a year into RugDAO, you actually are emotionally inv invested into voting and partaking in the governance. Now, what, what do you vote on? Honestly, everything. Every six months, we present a long-range plan that's a million to million twenty-five thousand, uh, one to $1.25 million long-range plan that we could present to the community. We, that means we show them everything, and, and Loxy can go over that with you after, but it's like, our financials for the last quarter. We do quarterly reports. Uh, how much we're planning on making, what we're doing, how much, like the breakdown, how much is going to events, creators, like everything, like everything. And then the community gets to vote on that. So that's, a, that's to me like it's almost like a vote of confidence every six yeah. months. Like, yes, we trust that you can take a million dollars from a DAO wallet to another wallet in the DAO, mind you. Everything's transparent and on chain. No wallets are doxxed. Right, they're all in the wiki, and so and so you're able to do that, and then we vote on like community grants. We vote on the ability to have um, what was it locks like the drug token that's going to be usable in the probably nothing zero app that is a sick app on the app store, which gives you notifications on like all your NFT projects and stuff, so you don't have to bother. And like they got a grant, and it's, it requires zero ether USDC because they just need drug token. And so things like that. So people have been building on top of Rug Video using that, right? And Loxy, I mean, I'll give it to you. Like, what else has been voted on? You, you know, yeah. like, you've been pushing uh, everything. Good no, for sure. So I've been, I've been just like for reference, I've been building. Um, it's been over a year that I've been building within Rug DAO, which is pretty fucking wow. crazy to think no about. Um, the DAO, I mean, like literally everything from from what we're able to do as a core team, all the way through some of these different uh, initiatives that are community driven. So Frog mentioned probably nothing, which is a unique in, uh, community uh, uh, project. They came, members of the community, our DAO token holders came in and uh, and made that proposal. Um, you know, we have we have uh, a prop house which we pulled the tech from Nouns DAO so that anybody within Rug Radio when we launch these rounds can come in. 
and say, hey, I want to create a, like a prop. marketing collateral. Yeah, any, any, any proposal for marketing collateral or participation in events, whatever it is, um, you can propose it and you can, and, you know, can be voted on and people can participate in building the, the, the ecosystem, really proliferating the brand of Rug Radio. And then there's a lot more. You know, there's fundamentally there's governance. Um, think mm-hmm. about it like politics where we have to have sound mm-hmm. rules, bylaws. Um, and those, you know, those have gone through some iterations and the, the community truly decides what that's going to be. It's not Farouk. It's not me. It's not anyone from the core team deciding how that's going to change. You know, it's interesting. I was like a Dow Maxi a year ago and spent a lot of time talking to lawyers and then operating in different DAOs. Um, I do think Rogue Radio's unique relative to many other DAOs, which are completely fu- paralyzed. And the incentives are misaligned. Like you get a treasury. So you, airdrop to people, you airdrop people governance, but with the premise that all they care about is money. Whereas with yeah. us, it's intentional. So that's that's why. And by the way, like going back to your main question, like that's a challenge. Like having, yeah. so many tokens, <laughs> having so many tokens is one of the biggest challenges of Rug Radio. You know how many times as a founder's way before Lox's days coming into, into Rug Radio, he was at that time just like, that guy with a lot of rugs to me. Like, I was like, wow, it's this cool guy, smart with his friends. Like, they have hundreds of rugs. So, I'm going to make sure I cater to them and respect them and like hear yeah, them yeah. out. No, seriously, like, this, this divides. Yeah. Like, you got to cater to people yeah. who support you like that, right? Like, whether you have one rug or 500 rugs, you're the same person to me. But if you have a lot of rugs, you bet your ass that I'm going to make sure that you like, like, really like, of I, you, you I keep Yeah, like, like, it was dope. Like, we got to spend a lot of time with 1K in Austin. We managed to get him a consensus pro pass because he didn't have one. We managed to come in. He was at dinner. We were having dinner with the team. Like, he came with us. Like, you know, like, I want to show these people respect because they believed in me when a lot of people fucking didn't, right? And so and so it, it, is, it, is, it, it is complicated at first, and it's, it's a challenge. But I think with time, like, as you see this flow from rug to rug DAO token, as you see more utility being made on the rug token, and by the way, when the tech that Loxley is dropping – for Rug Radio Q2, 3, and 4 is launching. That is going to show you guys the vehicle and the vessel for Rug Token. And it's going to show you also everything for the content. So once you, we just need to make sure we're building on top of the, the respective assets. When the when the creator, like, and every, like, the whole, like, um, tech launches, you're going to finally understand why I've been saying just well, keep Let's one dig minute. into that. And I want to hear Logsy on this. Farouk, I know. And we had a question. Is uh, DAO some a co-op corp? I'm not familiar with a co-op corp. A DAO versus, so, yeah, they're different. Generally, for those of you uh, who may not have researched this, DAOs are only currently recognized in one state in the U.S. Um, there's a lot of implied legal partnership. If you enter a DAO with others and you vote, it's deemed to be potentially like uh, a legally risky situation. It, I think, obviously, for Oak and Logs, you spent a lot of time in the way they're running it is literally best of the best, but... I would tell most people that DAOs are highly misunderstood, typically not a good structure for a startup organization that has to move quickly. And most of them end up with a ton of biases. Like Farouk said, you drop some tokens, I've been in them. The first thing they want to do is buy an NFT for one ETH. And then by the end of it, your treasure's 160 ETH. They spent 90 ETH on one thing and blow themselves up. And so legally, unlike any other formal corporation in America, there's almost no clarity only one state recognized it. So as of now, DAO as a legal, as a as a structure to finance and build companies is definitely at the very, very, very far front with, and you have to handle it. I think Farouk and Loxley are doing a ton, but this is an area. So Lox, I know that if you look at the history of Farouk, I feel like you built with this team and you've been such as like a trooper and like 
kill for this fucking thing. And I know there's been points in the past where you had a team and maybe the team didn't stick with you in the fashion one would think and left you in a position that might be difficult. I would like if you could sort of review the history and loss. You know, you're in a position that's often, I'm going to just be frank, like, look, if you think of Rug Radio, tell me if this is wrong. There's basically the talent agency side and there's the rest of the business, the tech platform, the decentralized media and so on. Yeah. The talent side will get into the economics and how easy those are versus this other side. Why don't you, Logs and Farouk, tell us um, how this vision of the tech platform, there's been a few stub toes. Where are we today and why should we be, why should we believe? I know, but tell our audience, why should we believe that you can get this done? Why yeah. is it possible to achieve this big? Give me, give me one quick second. Let me answer Michael really quickly um, to clarify. So co-ops, the biggest, the biggest value of a co-op is the ability to redistribute revenue and assets to participants, to basically the limited partners, the LPs within that co-op. Co-ops can be an instrumentality of DAOs that can be adopted, and they have to be done currently if you're going to do them in the U.S. through Colorado. I've been steeped in DAOs since 2018, so I'm in my fifth year of DAOs. Wow. Um, and um, what, what I will tell you is conversations have happened where we've looked at what's the, what are the potential implications of using, adopting the co-op model? What are the implications of other things? And where's regulation going to come in the future, um, the next four or five years that allow us to be recognized within the U.S. and to be able to participate um, in returning monetary value without running afoul of the SEC's regulations around um, equity, non-accredited investors, um, and, and all of that. So co-ops, be careful when anyone comes in and tells you um, that their DAO is a co-op. You want to make sure that there's plenty of documentation and proper legal structures around that. And you will hear those get really confused um, a, a lot. But think of Rug DAO as uh, currently an organization where your voice and your ownership of the, of the DAO tokens helps lead and guide the direction as we're in the brand building phase for rug, for rug radio and rug down. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Currently in the future, who knows where that goes. Um, but that's where we're at now going back to OG's question. We truly fucking badass. Yeah. Well, just so you guys know, we, it was very, we very consciously split the business down the middle in terms of media and then operations and, and obviously tech and all that falls into, uh, falls into that, that operations uh, side of Rug Radio. We, you know, Farouk as, as a CEO um, really takes charge on the media side and I'll let him talk more to that. Um, but you're right, there's this aspect of talent management and that kind of bleeds into the future vision, which is a little bit of, a little bit of alpha here. The future vision truly is supply side ad network where Rug Radio as an entity is the trusted source with relationships for large brands that want to engage in impact, um, impact advertising, and Rug Radio as the, uh, the, the congregator and aggregator of talent within not just the Web3 space, but globally. And using- well, I mean, you'll go out and get big sponsorships and ads, and you'll basically get cool creators and pay them that way. Is that dumb guy talk? Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Exactly that. We, you know, we, we currently, we're in a phase where in the future, we truly want to be decentralized. The folks said progressive decentralization so that anybody can create within the rug radio ecosystem, but we're in a very critical phase right now where we have to build 
brand recognition. We have to build validation and authority. And so we have to be a little bit picky about who we partner with, both in terms of sponsorships and creators to make sure we're creating the highest quality content possible. But logs, how about building all this tech? Hey, Fro, hop in. No, 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 no. Go ahead, please. I'm listening. I just got a lot of so um just for everyone listening, how he talks is how somebody who runs a DAO should talk. How you listen to all those fucking <laughs> idiots in Discord talk should indicate if you hear not to be rude, and I never say, but you can tell if somebody like me or Loxley has talked to counsel, understands securities law, understands what's issuing a security, what you this is highly complex shit. And unless you have somebody doing this, I'm telling you, you are these DAOs are mostly exposing you to a ton of legal risk. And not that I, I mean, so I think it's a very and you need thoughtful stuff like this. So Logs, though, you came in in this tech platform. We're taking the non. So actually, what I'd like to do is before we jump back to the tech platform is say, so the part of the business, the financials are clear and available. And if you look at what you guys have done, it's roughly three or four shows. I might. But right now, I understand the vision of Farouk is a huge contributor, but not everything. Farouk, Mando, OSF, uh Thread guy and the night show and maybe some upcoming other things. But for example, if you look at the business itself, the GM show has made upwards of 300 ETH, maybe 400 ETH. You guys took that and but God bless your fucking soul, bought back 1,000 <laughs> NFTs and you guys took you guys took none of that money to pay yourselves or put in your pocket. I said, you guys are fucking way more generous than me because I, so let's tie back to the amount of NFTs and where the money's made. So if you're a guy who just likes to look at businesses and let me, the audience, this yeah. isn't unusual. Every business makes a ton of money somewhere. And then it's like, yo, we got to take that money and do a bunch of other shit mm. and make money there. Let me so, walk you through. Yeah. Let me walk yeah. you through the, men, the, the, like the mental state in this whole thing. So Farouk, Ovi and Mando. Um, you said 300 ETH, and that was like at that was like at the end of the year. If you look now, the number like 600 grand is like right? the, the yeah the numbers. I mean, we've closed uh, just in the last quarter, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, um, and we have pending deals for even more. Um, we truly like it, the operational revenue that we generate is is um, is just starting to, but it's yeah. truly significant compared to what we see in the NFT space. Um, we truly believed, and Fro can speak to this because it was his decision. We truly believed that there was one, a few different things. The 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 implications from a social level within the Web three space, where floor price means everything. We wanted to make sure that we were able to buoy the value of the ecosystem, that we were able to give back. When we're bringing in sponsors, those sponsors are buying your time as an audience member from you, and if you need liquidity. Farouk, Ovi, and Mando provided you that liquidity by buying those tokens back and, and basically redistributing. What they did is they took all the sponsorship income and they redistributed it back to the people who bought into Rug Radio. Now, I'll tell you this. We sold Rug Radio, the NFTs, January of last year, which was peak of the bull market. And you had a lot of people, let's talk about misaligned incentives. You had a lot of people that bought in because they saw Farouk and his, his cachet, his gravitas, and everyone thought, 
Everybody. It doesn't matter what their intent. They thought this is going to go. This is going to fucking run. And so they bought to make money. Is that the reason we want people to buy into rug radio? Probably not. Right. What we really want is we want people like Bernie who are buying in to be Dow participants. Bernie. <laughs> Just kidding. We, we want people like Bern Dogler who are who are buying in to be to be market participants that really want to change the future of what media is and where the value accrues. And so we went through this period where anyone who sold over the last year most likely sold because they either needed liquidity or they weren't necessarily aligned with what we're trying to do long-term or they sold to get it and they'll get back in later. But the point is that the new holders and the new entrants are starting to understand in this bear market, we're building with people who understand what we're trying to do long-term. And that's a much more stable, stable holder base than people just looking for ROI. Yeah, it's fun. Actually, by the way, it's not a thousand NFTs, mind you, it's almost 1300. Um, <laughs> so we've bought back 580 rugs. We've bought back 580 rugs and then we've bought back, uh, 680 PFPs and just wait until my Pepe trade is done. You know exactly how many it is. That's yeah. a good wait until my Pepe the trade is done and I'm going to fucking destroy that that floor, bro. I'm going to go so fucking crazy. I, I don't care. I will buy back all 20,000 NFTs <laughs> once I have to. I don't care. Like if I had all the money in the world, I would put a permanent bid wall, like a bottom, like for like 10,000 units, 20,000 units on Blur. And and because like I, I I am bullish on on us like no other and I think that's what how it should be. But like do you know the reason we did this is because we wanted to like support the eco, and like Rug Radio Gem Web Three is the anchor of of Rug Radio for now. It's not always going to be. Um and and it was important. It was the only monetized show. I'm creator zero zero one. When you think about zero zero two zero three, it's almost like it's Mando and Ovi. They're not quite two and three, but they're up there, and yeah. they're. They're, 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 you know, and then we built out Rect Radio out of that and Gen Web 3 out of Who that. Who is two and three? I don't know. It's like a bunch of people that were early. Like you had like a bunch of people that were like creators with us very, very early on. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's, and now we're building more IPs and more people. And like yeah. this morning we had a meeting with like our tier five creators because we're helping a lot of them like get monetized. We just got three ETH actually sponsorship from one of our other creators. Dude, like three ETH is fucking like $6,000, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's no joke like you pay you pay to DAO what you owe DAO because there's a partnership framework that says like 15% of your partnerships that regular creator go to the DAO that's something that was uh, written by community elected DAO uh, council and it was community voted for this it's not for Roke that says it's 15% arbitrary it's it's the people that voted for this and on top of that there's a 10% cut on top of that if Rogredo gets the deal so we keep 25% 75 creators happy creators gets great makes great content and on and on and on we're able to empower them all around the world and we're building that like we're, we've been doing this for multiple yeah. creators so it started as just us so that revenue that those numbers you guys were talking about and we needed to support the floor it's in a time where you know Rogredo was at its lowest time uh, shit was not doing good I was solo like I had to bring in Lo- I brought in Loxley Mike and Mando in one day I called all of them. Yeah, that's good. July 26th, 2023, uh, 2022. I picked up the phone. I called one of them. I called Mando first, and I called Kriak. Then I called my man Loxley, and I was like, uh, with all within like four hours, because I can now call each, like something like that. And then like I said, do you want to be an advisor of Rugby and help me build the whole company and the brand? And they were like, yes. Yes, 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 was the answers. A Discord, one made that same, that Discord was made that same night. For Rugby Ops, and then now there's like 70 people in that Ops Discord between because between employees, team members, so it was like 15 to 20 to like uh, collaborators to people we outsource work to. Because yeah, we hire like 15, 20 people, but we also like genuinely like put money in the pockets of like 50 plus people, which is super cool. I put it in that way because 
for me, like something I respect right. a lot about people is when they put money in my pocket because that's what I feed myself with. What's that? What? No, seriously, that's why I put like I have a. That's what, that's what I put. It's what I put a roof over my head with. It's it's important, right? And so I'm I'm very big on like actually managing to to do so for other people, and I've done that all my life because it just it comes back anyways, right? It's like abundance mindset. And so yeah, like when you talk about this revenue stuff, this is how it is. And look, like you know, you see it like there's a burn rate, and and it's not a small burn rate. And so obviously, like we're we're, we're planning on ending the year. Like years ago. Yeah. we're planning on ending the year in, in, in negative burn, but like this is how a company is run. And that's why I have Loxley. You've only burned like under 600 grand, 300 yeah. No, yeah. Not even, yeah. Something. And your revenue is radically increasing. It's, you know, I looked at the numbers and relative to a lot of other Web3 companies, let me tell you, you're not even on the radar on that burn. Yeah, okay, I mean, we have time for a couple more questions. I want to ask both of you, one of the things that's always interesting, sitting here today, looking back, what is the one thing that you didn't do that you wish you had? That's what's called like an error of omission. Like, you know, I could have done this thing. I didn't. And then what did you do that you wish you hadn't? In rock video? Yeah, bro. You know, looking back, what did you, what should you have done? What was an opportunity you missed? And then what is something you did do that you're like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. I'll, an- I'll answer first on the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you- dude, honestly, it, it's one. It's one in the same answer. Um, this like, this is gonna sound very interesting. There's there's some key players behind the scenes that uh, really have changed the forecast and the outlook, and not just in terms of infrastructure, but in terms of revenue and weight. Like, we go back to the tech platform. What we're building in terms of tech isn't just an infrastructural thing. Um, can you tell people what that is, what tech platform? Let me talk, yeah, let me talk to you really quickly about like the, when I'm talking about revenue, we have two platforms. When you think about think about like a, a, a learn to earn platform and we think about that as you can think about it very rudimentarily, rudimentarily as a platform that's going to allow us to distribute the same content that we're creating. Um, not a whole like not a whole lot of potential revenue associated with that. Well, what we've done is we've completely shifted that into an entire new product. Um, entire new model for generating revenue and, cre- and, and creating value for the market participants. Um, the revenue, and I say this and f- like Farouk like, can take offense to it, but the revenue that we're going to create through our LMS and learn to earn is going to dwarf what we're able learn to do. To earn, LMS, learning yeah. management system, is that LMS? Yep. Yeah, you're using, I built a learning management, that's dope, okay. So yeah, so we built, we built proprietary tech. And so going back to it, um, you know, we, we built this tech and then we have this creator portal that looks infrastructurally like just sustaining. But when you guys see in, in coming uh, period, the the tech and the tooling and everything that we use, it's not just to support creators. There's a massive economic opportunity associated with it. And like everyone will learn more in coming weeks and it'll 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 blow your blow your minds. It's a dirt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but 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 the the creator portal is going to be like it's arguably half like Crazy. It's more exciting than than yeah. this. But with Fox, that- why do you guys when a creator signs up? Why don't you have like packages? Like one of the big great experiences I had with Farouk professionally was when he came into the first creators call I was on, and I really got to see that side of him, like supporting and being available with the creators. Why wouldn't you guys, as part of this platform, like let's say Burn Dog and I blow up and when we first sign up, we can like one of the things in the that Jessica was doing was like, hey, here's the equipment. Why not have it where people can get send you something? Here's you send them the starter package, 
just for their home eyes set up all the get it start getting ready tell them my outline for how sponsors i feel like that's a huge opportunity just just chill for a minute and uh and, and you'll have exactly what you're asking for <laughs> like legitimate like legitimately um you well, nailed you yeah. nailed the future, you nailed the future of, of, of you know some of, the, some of the utility that we're trying to create for creators yeah it's coming soon it's yeah coming soon yeah yeah okay. going, going back to the mistake though um, this isn't meant to create waves or cause problems, but, you know, we held on to some things. We, we fell victim to sunk costs, um, you know, and, and sunk cost theory is like really dangerous as a founder. And, and, um, why do you, you know, tell people what that is? So they all know, I think, I'm but, know but. you know, you get, you get to this point where you invest so much financially and emotionally into something and you're convinced that it needs to work because you're so far into it that you continue to dump more and more, not only money, but time and, and human resources, yeah, rather than um, evaluating the perspective, like, hey, I'm putting in a hundred bucks, I wouldn't do this. If I didn't currently own it or I hadn't spent the money, I wouldn't would I do this? So that's the trap that we fell into with kind of the original tech uh platform that we were trying to build. And we didn't iterate. We 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 it was destined for failure because the core business wasn't established the way that it needed to be. And so there was a lot of elements missing. And we fell prey to scope creep to all these different things changing in this build of the software and it started like this and it ended up going like you know just i mean like it went like a snake it was just it was um bad we should have cut that off a lot sooner and should have moved a lot quicker the best decision that i think um you know as a as an executive at rug radio that i've made um was to lean on someone that i had a great relationship with um and i knew was capable uh and yeah. g-man um who's part of this i can't like honestly he he has been one of the best um, advisors on on how to continue building what you know we're trying to build, and then he also has the team and the technical expertise to help us execute on some really tall orders, and um, we should have made that move way sooner. Farouk, anything to add on either of those? It's all true. Uh, it's it's all well said. I mean, I do the same. Um, the I'm not a big like. Um, I've never been, I'm not really big on like, oh, like, what would you change if you went back? And yeah, I get that. I get that. Oh, because I wouldn't change anything, as a matter of fact, or else I wouldn't be here, I think, like, because you have to go through these things. Yes. Right. So it's like, I, 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 so I don't I, say what would you change. It's I more like, what did you do change. that had a different impact? Maybe. Um, just, in, just, in, I, I, I mean, and throughout my entire life, though, I've always, like, there's always, I'm so nice that I've always empowered the wrong people. Not always, but like it's very often I fell into that. And so it is what it is, you know, but like I've also empowered the right people and that always everything It's like when it's like haters to lover ratio, like there's maybe a hundred vocal haters, but there's probably like 10,000, 20, 30,000 people that want us to keep pushing. So it's like, you know, so I don't care. So it's, uh, it's just like, you know, it's like just empowering the people that didn't necessarily, you know, had the same intentions, you know, um, but besides that, like, and, you know, a lot of the times, listen, like, it's that's the cost of being founded. Like, a lot of money goes yeah. into places and people sometimes, like, fuck. Like, I'm not going to name names because it's not right. It's unethical. And it's unfair. But, you know, I think whether it's things or tools or people, like, it happens. It's just cost doing business, man. You, you yeah, I agree. hire the wrong people. Like, the, I'm 28. You're fucking years old, dude. Like, I... I like this is crazy. Like when I look back, like it's 20, I'm 28, 50 months in. We have a media brand that is at the one of the hottest media platforms in the entire space, and that is in a in a in a space that is at the edge, the cutting edge of media and tech. So we're literally at the forefront of media. 
and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way. I'm saying this because this oh, is you, it's a fact, and it's fact. And they write about us, and you can read that on Decrypt, on yeah. Coindesk, on on these other platforms. Yeah, and and so look at the brands coming to you, bro. You know, I mean, yeah, and, and so and so it is what it is, you know, and uh, and uh, but I think that's that's all it is. Just gotta just gotta do your thing. You just gotta just gotta keep going. So I wouldn't have changed anything necessarily, but I also like. You know, it's you, it's you just gotta acknowledge the, the the mistakes and just keep going with them. That's right, and learn. That's it. What I always say is the job. You're, we're all gonna make mistakes every day. It's how fast you respond and just adjust and move on. The idea you're not gonna take some make mistakes is an absurd concept. And so your ability to cope with mistakes and quickly get back up and move forward is actually one of the biggest determinants of your success. That's it. That's all it is. It's all about yeah. being able to like put people up. In a good yeah. then like you look like the same way you empower wrong people then like also i empowered like loxley and like yeah. and oh and look bro you know we all do our best so uh, as we wrap up i'd love to end on a positive note what are you guys most hyped about both for the company and then generally as players in the space leaders in the space active collectors you know you touch a ton of the space so let's what are you excited about for rug radio and what are you I know times are hard and, you know, many artists are facing difficult times. And I know a lot of us are trying to figure out how to ensure that, you know, this market is sustainable. What are you guys most focused on for Rug Radio and excited about? And then looking at the NFT market, even though there's a lot of noise, what are you super hyped about? Do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Because I have a lot to say. Because I like hype the bar is everything. Let me, let me, I'll go quickly, and then I'll let you finish finish out on that. Um, you know, with Rug Radio, the, mo- the stuff that I'm most hyped about, I can't talk about, which is unfortunate. Um, but I will say, I'm excited to see the ecosystem mature. I'm excited to can see. You give people a timeline when you can talk about it. <laughs> give us some time. Give us some time. Give us a vibe, bro. Um, alpha. I'm excited to see the ecosystem mature and this excited for scalability because truly like we're getting, we're getting to the point. I, I always preach revenue. Operational revenue is everything. Obviously like we have to have, uh, we have to be cash flow positive and we will be there soon. Once we get to that point, um, our run rates indefinite, you know, and we like, we're, we're in this position where I think early in the early adoption curves, these nascent industries um, staying power is 50% plus of the battle. And, you know, those who survive uh, will eventually thrive um, in terms of, you know, the greater ecosystem. What I'm most excited about burn, uh, burn dog. When I actually had this, had this conversation via Twitter very briefly, I like to say, I like to think that a lot of my friends will look back and be like, Oh, it was so obvious. But I think truly that if we as infrastructure builders in the space do our jobs carefully and, and well, they'll never know. Right. Like, we're building a better tomorrow that's more decentralized, that's more frictionless, that's deflationary, that's easier and smoother and and allows for a redistribution and democratization of wealth, knowledge, opportunity. And um, there's no real reason that anybody will know what this underlying tech layer is or what it does. It'll just be carefully integrated, um, seamlessly integrated into their lives. And I'm really excited for this, like genuinely this opportunity that, that Farouk has given me um, to create a better tomorrow for everybody, for our kids, you know? Um, and it sounds super idealistic and, you know, but, but it truly like, that's what motivates me in the morning. Oh, it's genuine. Farouk. Yeah. I don't think it's idealistic. I think it's real because we're doing it. Um, and, uh, and you'll get, 
it don't hit you. And like, you got to do it this for your, to be like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. It ain't idealistic anymore. You know, like I genuinely don't idealize over the fact that the fact like we are literally, we're doing it. I like, I, it's like, we're actually doing it. And what excites me is that just to keep growing, keep growing, keep going and keep empowering people. Like this is, and having fun. Like I'm having so much fun. You know, I'm just a little tired today. I'm sorry. It's Friday. You know, like we put 16 hour days generally. You know, creator calls all day. Actually, I have another three calls to end the day. And it's Friday. Like it's just like in tomorrow morning, another creator call. I mean, you guys will be on it. I'm sure the, the monthly Saturday call. Like it's just like we're putting in like 80 hour weeks. Like it's not a mean. Like we're actually putting 80 hour weeks. And, and you know. And uh, and it's just like I'm excited for everything we got going on from like the big brand partnerships to the Web3 native stuff to the tech that's rolling out sooner than any of you listening think. Uh, you know the to the events, dude. That the events we're going to like Lisbon is gonna be crazy. Vcon is gonna be insane. And everywhere we go, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like in New York, people coming to Faroque, like Rockvito's everywhere. In Austin, Texas, yo, like you guys are doing good. You're everywhere. Like I'm starting to finally get those like comments in private. By the big CEOs, the big CMOs, this acknowledgement that we've been working so hard um, to get. You don't work for acknowledgement. It's not my goal ever. never has been. However, you know what, dude? You got to admit it feels good. Well, you Shit. hear a lot of bad. I always tell people it's okay. Most people hear a lot of bad all day. It's, you, it's important to get when things are good and you're doing well it's to terrible. get positive feedback. Listen, listen. Like There was a point in time where I was paying way too much attention to all the drama. And like people were like, dude, like, why do you pay attention to it? You're so above. I'm like, yeah, but. And like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you're above the shit. You're like, do you know who you are? And I was like, I bet. Like, Mando literally, like, at some point, like, virtually sat me down on WhatsApp and was like, listen, motherfucker. He's like, you're building a billion-dollar company. He's like, and he's like, I need you to shut the fuck up and do the thing. And I was like, I bet. He's like, I'm going to move to Canada. I'm going to put you in a cabin, and you're not going to be able to move for like <laughs> And then he tweeted that, and I was like, I mean, I, honestly, I would love that. With Mando, three years in cabin, I'll be, I'll come out a billionaire. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, shit, yeah. you know. But you know that, I, you know, well, man. Well, I think in the last year, realistically, and again, we're all real. That's a little different. You've but, done a great job. You've no, done but, a great but, job in the last year. Is. You just got to keep growing and keep going. So I'm excited for everything at the same time. Like, it's just there's a lot. And when it hits, it's going to hit. And when that bull market's going to hit, like that bull bull. And listen, like, you know me, I'm a permable, but like, you know, it's like it's gonna be big. Like the, some of the brands gonna be at the forefront and the helm of this of this movement. Like that's we're one of those, and I find that hype. You know. Fuck yeah, man! Well, we love having you on the show, Burn Dog. Anything you want to say before we wrap up, Logs for Oak? Anything you guys want to? We gotta say rate. We gotta yeah, rate him, bro. Rate us, dude. Oh, we gotta rate the project. Oh yeah. You rate first. And then they rate me. <laughs> you got you guys real talk. You know, real talk. Um, <laughs> last year, when I first got introduced to the project, it was through OSF and DJs, and I just didn't know what to make. You know, um, make of it, and uh, I was at a different phase of how I looked at the market. And Farouk, I didn't know, and I was just like, "Oh, this guy's like super the important in the market, and he has a mixed reputation." Then I got to know both like the story of Rug Radio and honestly coming into today, like because of my other interests, I'm very like active in OSF. I, I'm involved in Rug, but not anywhere near the same way. And obviously as a creator. And through that experience, I started to develop. And you know, then I got to know Logs and Fro can hang out a bunch in person. And I started to understand, like I always think you're first betting on people. 
And so today what I'd say is like, look, you know me, I will fucking just say whatever I think. And so this is me saying exactly what I think. I continue to be more and more impressed with these two dudes and their success becomes less and less surprising. Locks today, you could hear how he talked on these matters. It's not a guy who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You can look at Farouk's success. To me, success in one thing can be, I've met so many people who are even billionaires who just got one lucky thing. One lucky thing doesn't tell me whether you're a real performer. Three different things in three different fields. And if you so success after success, and I think like, look, you know, trying to decode why somebody has been able to be so successful in a social media setting is hard. But I think the more you listen to Farouk and the more you see what he's trying to do and like, look, no joke. I think these guys are fucking, I can't believe they took all that money and didn't take any of it. Like, I'm not that generous. I'd be like, yo, I got fucking four kids and ex. Like, I'm not, I need some fucking money to show up to work every day. Can you imagine making 400 ETH and not taking any of it? So, I think these are things like when, when you hear people talk some shit, which behind a keyboard, like they think they're tough, like, yo, I have a million mistakes and I like, I can't, and I can, I mean, and I'm the first to admit them. So, I think you have to look at what's happening here. And I'll tell you, like, I just look at evidence and I look at whether I think people can. And as I said, I don't nobody can tell me if somebody else is good. I like when I went into Faroko OSF was like, he's a good guy. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. And same with locks. I don't know. And so what I'd say is I think listening to them today, when you hear people talk and you see the results, I mean, look, I'm, we're on their platform. We wanted to have a show. And guess what? I used to do spaces. We're on this platform. And so I look, what I'd say is, so that's all the positive. And I'd say the positive is more positive than I thought. I'm probably concerned about this complex ecosystem. I think I hear what they're saying, but I think having two tokens and 60,000 NFTs, bro, it's hard to manage like 100 NFTs, 500. And so I don't like that part. I think like if you started, if they could fresh start today, I think like if you could fresh start today, you'd prefer not. Like I get they're going to make it work because like these are guys who will work for a year for no pay. They've shown you that. They'll make it work. But like, would I rather not have to fucking deal with that? Yeah. Number two, I think it sounds to me we're going to get evidence now. But coming in, I was like, look, this talk of like a platform and a tech platform, like, like show me what, where, when, how, why, and how, why do they need to do all that? I'd say I'm much more convinced, but I got to see like what actually comes. Cause like Loxley said, we're going to see it, but the, what they're talking about, and I have insights from talking, you know, I did I do a lot of work to understand. I think these motherfuckers are going to get it. I just got to see it. Um, and then I think, look, Right now, you have key person risk. If Farouk, OSF, Mando, like now locks more, a couple people, like this is standard. You know, this is where this business is. But if if Farouk got disappeared somehow, you're not going to be you're not going to be happy as happy you're involved at this point. It's a game changer in value, and so that makes it riskier. Um, 
Look, I think the vision mission, I'm super inspired by it. So I think, look, this is a very high rating project. I want it. I can't historically adjust my ratings. My first ratings for the projects on the first show, I wasn't ready. The last shows I've rated most things much lower because my view is 99% of NFTs are zeros. I think you have an established, very successful project. So I rate that very high, like 9.2. The problem I don't know is what to buy and how to make money based on this stack. And so I would I would say that's the part that's harder for me. Like, do I buy the... I love Corey Van Loo, man. I sat next to him at Carbone. Motherfuckers as cool as they come. Cool as fuck. But do I buy that? Or do I buy Ardow? Or do I buy Rug? Do I buy Genesis Rug? And so I think that's the only part like you know of you get the genesis rug yeah and the way i'm doing it All is look, it. my bet is yo i'm talking to you that's what i'm gonna be max bidding bro i'm yeah. talking to you from a rug roast rug radio show that. that's the other way i'm investing i love so, to say it please. let me say it. if you if you're coming if you're coming at rug radio from a flipper mentality trying to make a quick a quick return it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna serve you well if you look at us and you want to invest in the team and what we're building long term like you would um you know, I I anything else, a long-term bet saying, I believe that there's stability here and that we're going to do great things. You're going to be approaching it. You're going to be a lot more happy. It's always, and I preach this, G-Man will tell you, I preach this all the time. It's about, it's about expectations versus reality, right? And we're not, um, you know, you, you might buy, you might buy Nakabozos for, for, you know, 0.03 and then have it run up to 0. 0.75. <laughs> but, but we're not a, we're not, we're not a gambling organization. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, it's just not. Yeah, it's you're building a real business here. So you're in a 9.2? Yeah, man. I mean, I that's think good, wanna... that's, that's the best rating we've had yet. All right. So I'm going to try not to lose my job here. Um, so um, from a long-term perspective, like in making money perspective, I agree with them. You see people like uh, OSF, Mando, Tucker, Jesuit, uh, some of the smartest people I know just stacking as much as they possibly can. Right. Uh, the tech being built is insane. I can't say anything about it, but um, it, it's really impressive. So I have an inside look that you don't. Um, at the same time, I, it's an actual business, man. I mean, and in the NFT space, you're not seeing this at all. Like it's a fucking business um, and bringing in revenue and growing. Um, so with that said, I, I still have to be um, honest and, and true to the show. So I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, which is uh, <laughs> there's nothing you could change. Fucking guy. Uh, perfect. I'm giving it a 10. Oh, man. No. Let's, want to enjoy, sorry, Locks. Go ahead, buddy. I was say, let's do, let, let's have a follow up in like maybe like six or eight weeks and let's do this again and come at us with some harder questions, too. Like, I, I will. <laughs> Those weren't hard enough. I mean, no, it was good. It was good. But like, truly, like there's some flaw, like any organization, there's flaws. Well, I'm miss if you think, because I thought, tell me what we should have asked. That we I'm, not gonna you, I'm not going to give you that, uh, that easy. <laughs> I'll but what, I, what, what I will say, though, is like, um, again, like there's if you're looking at it and you're trying to be hard, there's always there's always questions that can be asked. And like, we'll follow up. But aside from just the rug roast, like, let's do another space um, and talk about um, talk about it at, at the end of the day. All of your concerns, OG, extremely valid. Um, what I would say about like the, the risk with key persons and the potential for loss there 
is that any startup that's trying to do something larger than, than trading commodities has that issue. Um, and, you know, eventually we'll scale to a point where Faroq can be obsolete. That's just that is in our immediate future. And so we totally recognize that. I actually I'm on the other side on this one. I think like people are everything and every business, no matter what, if the key people aren't creating huge value, then you're at risk. Like look at the NBA. Those are all the best players in the world, but there's a bell curve and all the value in history from Jordan to, you know, um, fucking now, like the most extreme players, the most, the best players create 20 times the value. And so I actually don't, I think every company has to be realistic. It's just how bad is the impact of it? And now it's bad, but like, you guys started with this four years from now it hopefully won't be bad. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at, uh, look at Condé Nast or look at Sirius XM or look at HBO. Um, if you know, can you, one, can you name their founders and CEOs? Um, and two, if they died in a freak bus accident or whatever, um, would that material impact materially impact them? And they're at a stage of their growth where it wouldn't, um, yeah. we just like, we, we just aren't right now, which is totally fine. So, bro, I thought that was good. So, okay, well, super appreciate it. Um, this is super fun for me to just have one. And uh, I didn't think we were softballing. I thought we were coming in. So, Lux, now I'm going to fucking come at you next time. <laughs> Let's go. Watch out. Why I didn't lead it. Fucking coming. <laughs> um, super appreciate you guys. What a joy. Thank you so much. And loved having you on the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, guys. Later. All right. Oh, we're still live, right? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play our song one more time and then we'll end it. Let's go. Peace out, y'all.